Going Greys this morning, a special edition of uh, Going Greys, and it's a sad one because uh, late last night uh, there was some terrible news to filter through Greyhound Racing and also Australian Racing that one of the giants of the Greyhound Racing industry, uh, Paul Wheeler, uh, sadly passed away at his Southern Highlands property. Mick Cowley from Greyhound Racing New South Wales joins us. Good morning, Mick. Good morning, Dave. Yes, mate. Uh, a very, very sombre feeling right around the, the entire industry. And I, I think yeah, even if you only have a passing interest in, in greyhound racing, you would know that that moniker Bale, in terms of uh, the number of dogs that, that carry that name, Bale, they're, uh, they're all wheeler dogs. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing and remarkable the sort of impact he has had on the entire industry, not just here in Australia, but also overseas. And, and this morning we've uh, we've managed to, thankfully and luckily and fortunately, been able to get a few guests along who will um, speak some wonderful words, I'm sure, about uh, Paul Wheeler and his lifetime in greyhound racing. Exactly right. Uh, for those in sort of uh, putting it into a, a different context, I mean, we're talking about a, a you know such a... Um, a figure point um, and, and an influencer of, of the sport um, from a breeding perspective. And also, he was uh, never too shy to uh, to give an opinion on how, you know, the game that he loved so much, he could, you know, ways in which of improving ideas. He was seemed to be always at the forefront. Mate, you're absolutely right. And look, every industry, uh, be it a, a racing industry or, or any sport or any business even, yeah, needs those sorts of people involved and uh, who want to basically uh, put their put their money where their mouth is and put their hand up to do what's best for the sport and for the code. And, and Paul was certainly one of those, Dave, and, uh, and yeah, gratifyingly had a lot of success as an owner, uh, racing a lot of dogs uh, over pretty, pretty much over 50 years. Uh, first of all, there was his father, Alan, and, uh, and then Paul got involved with the operation. Um, both Alan and Paul, members of the uh, Australian Greyhound Racing Hall of Fame as well. Yeah, the father and son to do that's remarkable on its own. Dave, what uh, what I thought we might do this morning is, is just take a, a little bit of a, a stroll down memory lane to, to some of those great wins from Paul Wheeler Dogs, Paul Wheeler Bread, some of them owned uh, Paul Wheeler dogs and just have a, uh, as I said, a little stroll down memory lane. I thought the first one that we uh, we would have a listen to, we go back to 2011 and the Melbourne Cup, which was won by Dynatron. Racing in the cup, Shireen Bale out fast on the inside, Dynatron away quickly, Dynacross across and going over to lead around the first turn, Dynatron to the back straight, four length, Shireen Bale going up on the outside, Alan Ellery followed by Numero Uno Bale, Henry Walt to the outer, Beckenbale, Bale of Bale followed by Dyna Morris as they travel off the back straight and the leader was Dynatron about four lengths clear, Shireen Bale runs on followed by Alan Ellery, over on the inside Numero Uno Bale into the straight, Dynatron the leader is clear and Dynatron's going to win the Melbourne Cup, three lengths, Shireen Third probably Alan Ellery over Beckenbale, motoring home on the outside. Nero, you know about next. Dave, there was a, a lot of bales and diners in that race, and what was not just remarkable, that was Paul's second Melbourne Cup. Uh, he also won with Canton Bale in 1999, but the first seven dogs across that line that night were all Wheeler dogs. Uh, absolutely remarkable in, in what was the premier race in the country at the time for for Paul Willer to, to own and breed those first seven dogs. It was quite remarkable. Dave, we're, uh, we're actually joined now by the Chief Operating Officer of Greyhound Racing New South Wales, Wayne Billet. Um, Wayne, thanks for joining us this morning. It's a sad day for the industry, not just here in New South Wales, but right around Australia. 
Yes, good morning, Mick. Um, it certainly is, and obviously, first of all, um, past uh, industries condolences on to Jen and, and all the Wheeler family uh, for the sudden loss of Paul. But uh, it certainly took uh, everyone by surprise um, last night um, when we got the news. Uh, but uh, from from uh, from a personal and industry's perspective, um, Paul, um, the Wheeler family, uh, headed by Paul, and obviously his father Alan, they set the benchmark. They they they, they set different standards for the industry. He backed himself. Um, and his family to do that, and they did that, and their success was just um, absolutely unparalleled, to be honest. Wayne, you've uh, you've obviously been in the industry for for quite some time, and whilst the public sees all the bales and all the diners racing and all that, the Wheeler family, and Paul in particular, did a lot of work behind the scenes as well to, to improve the industry. They certainly did, and you know, in this day, and I think it was mentioned we started off that, that Paul was always you know forthright with his opinion, and, and which which helped set that benchmarks in the working behind with whether it was track um, preparation or track construction or the way um, greyhounds were, were were bred or with the grey greyhounds were broken in. Um, he, he just looked for excellence in all those all those areas, which you know helps form the, the platform that industry's on today for people like Paul. You know, he you know, went to um, American size and different size. Um, we sort of went a little bit outside the square and introduced different bloodlines. Um, and you know, Paul would be the first to admit some of the successful, some were successful, some weren't. But he was prepared to do that, which sort of you know again gave different options for different people across our industry. I guess that's a, an interesting point you, you've touched on there too. It would be so easy to to just go along and do what you're doing and and continue to to have success as it was. But he was always looking for the next step up, the next level, the the you know, something that would be innovative for the industry. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, he had great vision. Paul had great vision. He was always thinking about not one year, two years. He was always thinking about five years and ten years. And, and and that was in part of you know when he relocated from the Oaks um, down to his property down um, in the Riverina region. That was that's one of the visions. He set himself up a farm where he set up a track. He, he bred every dog that he got. They bred every dog they had. They broke them in. And his rate of getting greyhounds to the track was just phenomenal. There would be barely a greyhound that wasn't bred on Paul's property that didn't make it to the racetrack. It was just phenomenal in any code. I guess, yeah, it, it's hard to, to find a parallel of, of a loss like this here in another racing code. Look, I know there's there's iconic breeders in thoroughbred racing and, and I'm sure there is in harness racing as well, but he had a, a fingerprint pretty much on, on every every area of the greyhound racing industry across the country. Yeah, correct. And what, what are your... You're 100% right, Mick. And what also did... It, it showed other people that what our industry can provide. So, you know, Paul was for a long time was, you know, obviously known as the biggest breeder in Australia, um, him and his family. But then there was, there's been others who have followed that lead, Mick, uh, who have invested heavily in breeding across across the country. So he showed that if you set the right platform up, that if you invest the money, um, that the rewards are there. Um, so, he's, you know, he sort of helped trailblaze in that area as well. And, and our industry's only better for that now because the investment that we get through those... Um, at those portals is just is fantastic, which makes our industry sustainable. Now, we played just before uh, you joined us. We we played that 2011 Melbourne Cup. That's that's still just remarkable to have seven runners qualify and be first seven across the line in in what was the premier race in this day. Exactly right, Mick. And funny enough, I was actually trackside that night. I was actually down in Melbourne playing golf 
So we went to the Melbourne Cup that night um, and the night that he had the seven runners in the soul. I'll never forget that. And I think also, we talked about 2011, but I think for me, some of the fonder memories fall back uh, when I was working um, at Dapdo uh, over 40 years ago that we used to have the $100,000 green supercoat race. And Paul actually won three of the four races with, um, you know, with JB Bale, Luana Bale, Kylie Bale, and those sorts of dogs, and and that was when you know the, the legendary Winifred Rail was the was was the Bruce Beach of, of Kylie Bale. So for me, it goes back to then. That's how long that he's been been doing this, and at the time they were the world's richest greyhound race. So it's you know his his investment and legacy has been over many many decades. Now, obviously, uh, the family will continue it on, but uh, he was, he certainly does leave a big hole in the industry in this country. He certainly does, Mick, and I think that the one thing he has done through um, Brendan and Nicole, he's, he's left the legacy through through what they continue to do with the property, and obviously with Jan, well supported by Jan as well from the breeding side. So he, he, he'll be proud of what they continue to do in the future. I know he was very proud of what they've done now, but he'll be proud to know that what the legacy is left, as his father did to him, he will leave the similar legacy to the rest of the Wheeler family, and which can only be a great thing for our industry. You're absolutely right. Wayne, I appreciate you coming on this morning to uh, to say such kind words about Paul and, and tell a bit of a of your side of uh, your relationship and story with him, and uh, and we do appreciate it from New South Wales, Greyhound Racing New South Wales perspective as well. Oh, mate, absolutely my pleasure, and um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about a, a great friend um, and a great industry person. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers. Thank you. So that was... Uh, Wayne Billet, who's the, the COO of, of Greyhound Racing New South Wales, um, having a chat there, telling some stories about uh, Paul Wheeler and the impact that he has had on the Greyhound Racing industry. It's uh, it's quite remarkable in itself. Before we uh, do get to our, our next guest, I thought we'd, we'd throw in another replay here, and uh, this time we'd go back to 2015. And this time... Um, this time we're in Sydney at Wentworth Park for the 2015 Golden Easter Egg, won by Fernando Bale. Racing, Fernando Bale came out of the machine, Harmon, he's charging to the lead, led by two to Dawkins Bale, Dinah Nico went to third, then zipping mid, Ron Ray Spirit, a long way out of it, over limit, followed up by Dinah Double One, recruitment at the tail, Fernando Bale, he is in the lead, he's ripping and tearing along, led by four to Dawkins Bale, Dinah Nico, but it's Fernando Bale, he is right in the zone, he won the egg in outstanding fashion. Fernando Bale by four, Dawkins Bale second, third on the race, Dinah Nico from Zipping Midge over limit. That was the 2015 Golden Easter Egg at Wentworth Park. An absolutely remarkable performance by Fernando Bale. He was such a superstar. And we're joined now by another special guest, uh, a man who's been in greyhound racing for uh, for a long, long time and uh, a an absolute authority and expert and, and someone who knew Paul Wheeler well, Mark Ducos. Mark, thanks for joining us this morning, mate. Thank you, Mick. Very, very sad time, mate. It, it, it is indeed, and uh, you may have heard Wayne Billet on before. You're talking about what a what an impact Paul had on the industry, and and you would no doubt echo that sentiment. Oh, absolutely, and it's. I think it's important to note that it's not just in Australia that Paul and the Wheeler family have had an impact, but it's it's right around the world. He was revered, you know, in in what we call greyhound heartlands, like in America and in Ireland and in England for 
for the deeds of what he's done, um, particularly in the breeding sphere. Um, Paul changed the way that, that we breed dogs in Australia. When you go back, you know, 20 and 25 years, um, and, you know, people forget that Paul was a trainer. He won three Zapto uh, 100,000 races, I think, as well. Um, but I remember being... I remember being at a teppanyaki restaurant in uh, in Castle Hill with Gary Young, who was a, a great mate of Paul's and, and still was, obviously. Gary raced all the big bad dogs, and we were discussing, you know, the, how busy a life is uh, for a greyhound trainer and, and that. And, and I remember Gary saying to Paul at the time, Paul, you've got to work out what you want to be, mate, because you can't keep doing everything. So do you want to be a greyhound trainer? Do you want to be a breeder? Do you want to be a rearer? Do you want to be a stud master? And it wasn't that long after that Paul made the decision to basically give training away and concentrate on the breeding side of things. And once he did that and started farming his dogs out to trainers to train like the Graham Bates at the time, uh, Paul's success as far as breeding uh, was absolutely phenomenal. And we've only got to see the deeds of... You know, as to say, greyhounds like Fernando Bale, who not only was the first dog to win a million dollars on the racetrack, but his impact on, on the stud scene. Uh, Barcia Bale, long recognised as one of the great sires uh, in Australia. Uh, Dinah Double One, uh, who defeated um, Fernando Bale in what was an epic Melbourne Cup. Um, and again, you, you go down that pathway of, of what Paul did. He, he brought American thighs into Australia. He brought island size into Australia. It, it had been done before, but it hadn't been done with the volume of what Paul Wheeler did. Was there, was there a secret in, in what he did from a breeding aspect? You know, what did he, was there anything he did particularly different to anyone else that, that made him so successful, or was it just always looking to look outside the square? I think that, that's critical, what you just said then, mate, uh, looking outside the square. And, and a lot of people, I remember a lot of people saying at the time, oh, it's OK for Paul Wheeler, he's got 100 brood bitches, he can afford to have a dud litter, right? Paul Wheeler wasn't looking for a dud litter. Paul Wheeler was looking for something that was totally different. And that's what he ended up with, with Fernando Bale. Um, and, and, and again, it was, it was the fact that he was using these dogs. I remember... My, my first real dealings, even though I'd known Paul um, previously, but back in the early 90s, I brought out a, a Greyhound video series pre-Sky. It was called Greyhound Racing Extra. And, and Paul was my first feature story on, on the very first edition. And, and, I, and I, you know, I was wrapped to actually to be able mm. to go down to the Oaks and, and see the property there. They had a replica of Wentworth Park where they broke their dogs in and that. Um, and, and Paul was always as you say, looking outside the square to see where he could influence breeding in Australia. And we were bringing a lot of American races in for the videos and that. And Paul didn't care what was happening in Australia. He just wanted me to get him as many of these American races and the island races and England races to see what dogs over there were, were making an impact. And then, you know, down the pathway, as you say, you, you look at what he's done with his breeding line and he's, he's been able to change the way that people breed in Australia. We now import, you know, frozen semen from from all parts of the world, and Paul Wheeler was a leader of that. There's a lot of people that are, you know, for years and years, been involved in the sport full time. But would it be fair to say that he was the first that was professional about it? Um, I, I think there were a few before him, but again, he, you know, Paul had a very, very, you know, 
hard hard act to follow. His father, Alan, um, you know, was a was a legend in the sport as well. And as we we know, both mm. Paul and Alan Wheeler, are, are, you know, have been inducted into the Australian Greyhound Racing Hall of Fame. Um, they just took it to a different level, and it was funny because, um, I'll, and I'll post the the interview on on social streams and that. But um, when I did the interview with him, I think it was about 1993. He he spoke about how they changed their training patterns. That you know they they one day they were running late, so they didn't walk their dogs, which they did at the time, right? So they decided to gallop them, and then the dogs started going better. So they thought, well. We're not going to walk our dogs. We're going to gallop them. And I think that was really the precursor to the way that a lot of people train now. So when you talk about being professional, I think, again, they changed the way uh, that people think about how they train. Uh, they, they pre-gallop their dogs. They gallop them up the straight. They had great facilities at the Oaks um, mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And, again, that impact now where... In the old days, everyone used, you'd see, you know, you'd drive around suburbs of Sydney and there'd be people out there walking their dogs and that. We used to maybe give them a, a you know, a, a trial once a week or something. But but Paul and Alan, particularly Alan, and he passed that on to Paul, they changed the way that they trained their dogs. And they started that. And, again, they had great success with it. And now that is part of the staple diet of how you train a greyhound. Now you would have seen a lot of a lot of his dogs and his dad's dogs. Um, if forced and yeah, at gunpoint to to pick the best one you saw, who would it be? Oh, gee. It's like, you know, it's like I, I go back to Alan winning, winning winning two derbies with with Steelflex in 1974-75, I think it was. And you know they changed the rules basically to you know to make it an age restricted race where you could only go in at once after that, but. You know, the Wheelers had Emmeline Bale, Winifred Bale. Um, you know, you go on the lines of, you know, Canton Bale, um, Dinah Double One. I, I think for me, when if you've got to nail it down, um, I love a dog that jumps and runs. And Fernando Bale, uh, he was just something out of the box again. Um, you know, a, a breeding outcross uh, with, with Paul's bitches. Uh, it just clicked uh, and they found a champion. And again, you. Not only his deeds on the racetrack, Mick. Again, you know, we have a million-dollar race now, so it's not easy, but you can become a million-dollar-earning dog in, in the case of one race. Fernando Bale did that by winning numerous Group 1s, uh, numerous Group 2s, setting track records. He exhilarated crowds um, because he came out running. And again, I go back to what was an epic Melbourne Cup, uh, Fernando Bale uh, and Dinah Double One, and, you know, Paul was always insistent that there was a struck match between them. Um, but Fernando Bar was the brilliant beginner. And for me, I think he was probably the one dog that, you know, really stood them apart. And, and as I said, you look at his deeds as a sire now, um, and he's just, he's taken it to another level. Um, and again, he's, you know, it's funny, you go into a pub and you, you'll overhear people saying, oh, yeah, well, back the bail dog, mm. you know. Or you know, and, and that's that's how it's synonymous. Um, people may not have known Paul Wheeler, or you know, just the average punter, um, but they knew the Bale dogs, and for that, and for his contribution uh, to the New, New South Wales and Australian greyhound racing, and also the world, um, we are very very thankful for that. And as I said, it's an extremely sad occasion. I was I was rocked to the core last night when I got a phone call to let me know that he passed away at, at such a young age, and. 
again, you know, our condolences go out to Jan and Brendan and, and the rest of the family as well. He, he will be a huge loss to the, the greyhound racing industry, mate. Very, very well said, mate. Just before I let you go, uh, you tell me a story about his superstition. <laughs> Paul was, uh, to say Paul was tight with the dollar is probably a bit of an understatement. Although, as I said, you know, we go out for dinner and Paul would be the first one to put his hand up. Paul had this great superstition that he, he, he wasn't a punter. Um, and whenever Paul had a dog in a big race, and I'm talking, a, you know, a group one race, Paul would have $10 on every other dog in the race. So he wouldn't mock his own. He'd never back his own dog. And I remember so many occasions after he'd won a race, I'd go up to the, you know, whether it's at Sandown Bar, or Sandown Park or Wentworth Park or whatever, and there on the table where Paul was sitting would be six or seven tickets, $10 on every other one runner in the race. Uh, and as luck would have it most times, Paul would collect the big prize money it, it cost him 60 or $70 so that he didn't mock his own dogs. He'd back every other dog in the field except his own. It was a great it was a great punting system that he adhered to for as long as I can remember, mate. Mate, don't you love superstitious people in the racing industry? They're fantastic, aren't they? <laughs> oh, we can find one, yeah. But again, look, I, I think, you know, people don't... People talk about it in years to come, but, you know, we talk about leaders of industries and the way people, you know, change the world. And we, we talk about the Bart Cummings and the Tommy Smiths. Paul Wheeler was was every bit as influential as a as a Bart Cummings or 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 a Tommy Smith or right. you think of any other major industry where things have changed because of one person or one family or, or their their predecessors. Paul Wheeler was that man to greyhound racing. Absolutely spot on, mate. I do appreciate you coming on this morning and uh, and sharing some of those those wonderful memories and stories. And uh, as you said, uh, condolences to Jan and the family. Mark, appreciate your time. All the best, buddy. We'll catch up soon. My pleasure, mate. It was Mark Giacos, uh telling quite a few wonderful stories about uh, Paul Wheeler, who sadly passed away yesterday afternoon. Mark was uh, mentioning the, a race between Dyna Double One and Fernando Bale, considered one of the absolute classics. It was the 2015 Melbourne Cup. And uh, let's, let's just delve back and have a listen to that for memory's sake. Racing. He was away only fairly, Fernando Bale. Lemia Bale won the start. Bivillaza threw on the inside with Dinah Tiber. Fernando Bale threw, cut across to the feet to the chip, took the lead into the back. Fernando Bale opened up two lengths on Dinah Double One to second from Black Illusion. Then Bivillaza three further back to Dinah Tiber, zipping Meg. Lamia Bale and Secret Spell in front, Fernando Bale, but Dinah Double One with an length. They're three on for Bivillaza into the straight. Fernando Bale first for home. Dinah Double One closes. Dinah Double One maybe got Fernando Bale on the line in the cup. Black Illusion third and fourth was Bearville as a fifth across sipping Meg from Dinah as, uh, as Mark Duplass said before the uh, Paul, Paul Wheeler said there wasn't a struck match between them and it certainly proved the case in that 2015 Melbourne Cup. We're now joined by a man who's uh, who spent just as long as, as Paul Wheeler did in the greyhound racing industry, uh, an icon himself and a, and a recent inductee into the Hall of Fame, Jeff Collison. Jeff, thanks for joining us this morning, mate, on this sombre occasion. Good morning. Yes, it's a it's, well. It's not a good morning. It's a very sad morning. The greyhound world is in shock. Uh, I've spoken to close friends of uh, the Wheeler family, uh, people like Margaret Bannerman and Chris Nutt, Sean Evans, uh, Simon Rhodes, who all had uh, were trainers with a lot to do with them, and uh, spoke volumes of how wonderful Paul Wheeler and his family have been to them and to the sport. 
Jeff, I just I guess that's the thing too. Yeah, we we all talk about the wonderful champion dogs that he's had and and the breeding and, and that sort of impact that he's had on the sport. But as you mentioned there, yeah, guys like Sean Evans and Chris Nutt, these these guys have been helped so much by Paul Wheeler, who was happy to share his knowledge and and his experience. Yes, well, uh, well, Chris Nutt said he wouldn't be in greyhound racing only for Paul Wheeler and. Uh, he, he said when he was a, a kid, he was working as a forklift driver, and he had to uh, he had to work out at the Oaks. And in those days, the wheelers were at the Oaks as well. And uh, Chris said he would drive along the road heading to work, and he could turn right to go to work or left to go to wheelers. And he said every now and then he'd think, "I'll oh, blow it, I'll call in sick and go to wheelers." And he'd he'd help. Uh, Help Paul with his dogs, and uh, as Simon, as uh, Sean Evans did, and now uh, they're both entrenched in the industry as well. But they said it, Paul Wheeler always had time for uh, the, the the battlers as well as the big time owners and trainers. He was had time for everyone. And the Wheeler name's certainly been synonymous with greyhound racing for you know, five or six decades. Obviously, through Alan to start with, and yes. some of that, some of those remarkable dogs that that they had, and Paul's continued that on and taken it up a step even many have. Yeah, oh, well, he has. He has undoubtedly. Alan established the breeding line, I think, with a bitch called Gale Beauty many years ago, and of course, he uh, won. Uh, he's the only only person to have won two national derbies with the same dog, Sturflex in uh, 74 and 75 and of course he had Winifred Bale and, but Paul has, has certainly taken it up a step uh, by by breeding uh, by being able to find the right sire to mate his bitches with and he was uh, obviously a genius on, on pedigrees, he found he, he bred Fernando Bale by mating him uh, his mother with uh, a, a, an imported dog Kelso's Fusilier that no one had ever heard of but uh, Paul was convinced uh, uh, it would hit the jackpot that, that union and there, it certainly did, up came Fernando Bale, perhaps the greatest sprinter of all time uh, he uh, he obviously loved his breeding, but uh, he he loved being on track and watching a big race as well, Jeff. Oh yes, that's right. Well, in that uh, well, I think it was was it the 2011 Melbourne Cup when uh, he had Dynatron. Uh, mm. uh, Dynatron won it. He had uh, seven of the eight eight finalists, which is just mind blowing to think that someone one breeder and owner could have have seven out of eight finalists in a Group One event like the Melbourne Cup. It's re- it's remarkable. It's like having you know, eleven of the twelve in the in the Everest on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How remarkable, yeah, good, remarkable good comparison. Mate, uh, you obviously uh, would have spent a bit of time with uh, with Paul over the years. Um, yeah, is there an insight that you can give us that we wouldn't know? Well, he was he was also uh, very uh, conscious of of how the industry was run. He he spent a lot of time as a committeeman with the National Coursing Association, uh, which ran Wentworth Park in the days when the Greyhound Breeders Owners and Trainers Association ran Harold Park. So Paul wasn't just worried about Paul Wheeler and uh, his family being successful. He wanted the sport to go ahead, and he was. Uh, an integral part of the committee, he and and fought for a lot of a lot of uh, benefits uh, for the average uh, trainer, even the battling uh, hobby trainer. So he he wasn't just worried about himself. He he wanted the industry uh, to to uh, progress, uh, especially for the for the battler. 
Mate, you're absolutely right. As, as we said when you, uh, you first joined us, Jeff, a very sad and somber day for Greyhound Racing. But appreciate you coming on and, and having a chat and sharing some wonderful memories of, uh, of the late Paul Wheeler. Thanks very much for having me and my condolences to his, his uh, wife, Jan, and his four children. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. It was Jeff Collison, uh, you know, former Greyhound rider, obviously with the Daily Telegraph, Daily Mirror at times, and uh, now does work for thedogs.com.au, passing on his condolences and memories of, of Paul Wheeler. We've uh, we've got time for, for one more replay. It uh, takes a little bit longer than uh, some of the others, but uh, let's have a listen to the 2017 Bold Trees final. Fintabelle began fast. Petunia Manelli left running and through in the centre. Champagne Sally fourth onto the first turn with Zipping Lady. Two and a half lengths away, Packy keeping from Ebby Ripper. Then moment to jive and Rockoon is last of all with a round to go in the bold trees. Petunia Manelli is the leader. Fintabelle has some room on the inside. Champagne Sally a length off in third and fourth. Packy keeping. Then Zipping Lady followed by moment to jive. Ebby Ripper and Rockoon, but Fintabelle the champ. She went to the lead off the back. She's three lengths in front of Packy keeping running on, then Petunia Manelli, Zipping Lady next, Raccoon is well back, around the turn, it's Fantabale in front, Packy keeping tries hard, the third millionaire, Fantabale, she won the bold tree, she beat Packy keeping and Ebby Ripper, fourth across the line, was uh, running on from the back, uh, Zipping that Lady. That was the bold tree in 2017, an absolutely wonderful, wonderful performance by Fantabale that night, and uh, we're joined by Fanta Bale's trainer, Rob Britton. Rob, thanks for joining us on this uh, sad and sombre occasion. Yeah, Mick, it's an absolute tragedy, really. Uh, the shock has gone right through the greyhound industry. So, yeah, but um, um, something you don't want to hear. But anyway, it, that's happened. Yeah, absolutely, a complete and utter shock for I think for everyone. Um, and yeah, he obviously will leave a big hole right across the industry, not just from a racing perspective, but a breeding perspective as well. Yeah, look, I think that's that's true. His forte was breeding, and uh, he was ahead of the rest of the pack as far as right around the world as far as breeding. Um, and uh, again, you know, he had insights, uh, and he and he experimented. He did things that other people wouldn't try. Um, at one stage, he put uh, a group of coursing sires over uh, over brood bitches, and he, he got winners out of it. And I don't think it was that successful, but he had the courage to try those sort of things. Now, you guys, uh, yeah, you dealt into the American side of things as well. I know you were uh, you're part of that as well. Was was that yeah anything he had to convince you in, uh, or was it just something that you both thought, oh, hang on, this this actually probably would work? Now I think. Uh, Paul, um, he was into the American scene a few years before me. He uh, he actually used a number of American sires, and he, as he told me once, it nearly broke him uh, that the dogs that came through weren't up to standard. Um, then when he bred with the, the females that came out of those uh, those experiments, um, that's when he hit gold. He, he actually used those females back into Australian into Australian size, and that's when the uh, the wheel of empire really took off. So, uh, as I said, he was ahead of his game and he was prepared to try things. Um, and again, um, Fanta Bale sort of came out of that because Paul was over in America uh, looking for more uh, American females and. I just happened to run into him over there and suggested I had a couple of females at home that I wasn't going to breed out of. 
and one turned out to be the mother of Fanda Bale. It's remarkable how that happened, isn't it? Yeah, no, it was. It was uh, um, you know, I was very lucky because I thought I didn't really want to breed at the time, but I thought if I could get the, uh, you know, the, the, the world's best rearer to, to rear the pups and I could race them, well, I was on a, uh, on a win. So and that's how it turned out. Was he uh, was he excited when he thought he had a good litter? Uh, no, not really, not really. He was um, um, very matter of fact as far as that goes. Uh, I think when he got a very good greyhound like a Fernando Bale or a Fanta Bale, he was he was always very excited. But uh, um, no, I think he treated dogs just um, very commercially. And uh, but as I said, he was always trying something new. Um, he always wanted to improve. And I guess it's not just in the breeding, I just think in the whole industry. You know, I can remember being in America and uh, one day we were at the track and he, we jumped the fence and went and had a look at the lure system and, 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 and how it worked and why there was cleaner racing and things like that. And, mm. and he really wanted to improve greyhound racing all the way through. So when uh, when you had Phantom Bale, um, what what was he like as a as an owner? Was he wanting to plot the future of where you'd go, or he was happy to just leave you run the race? No, I think I think all these trainers that train for Paul would tell you the same. He's one of the easiest blokes to train for. He he uh, um, he certainly he left you alone. Um, he let you make the decisions, um, and he as I said, he was very very easy to train for. Probably coming uh, towards the end of um, Greyhound's careers, he would say, "Look, uh, you know, if 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 um, the dog gets a small injury, I think it's time to pull the pin or whatever." But but no, he never ever uh, interrupted a trainer. Uh, if there's if there's one thing that uh, you could pinpoint as as his greatest legacy that he will leave to the industry, uh, what would it be? I think the uh, innovative breeding. I think that the fact that he was very concerned that the uh, gene pool in Australia was a shrinking, and he was convinced that going outside would strengthen the breed, and he proved that immensely. And again, as I said, the fact he was prepared to have a go at things all the time had a lot of criticism, Paul, because he he uh, was seen as so big that some people didn't like that. But whatever he did, he made it made his own. Um, he did it himself, and as I said, it, we no one actually uh, gave him a leg up. He was a, a brilliant person in, in the industry. And as you said too, I think yeah, whilst he he was big and whilst he had all these winners and all that sort of thing, he was still about the industry and improving the industry first and foremost. Absolutely. Even just recently, uh, um, we had issues with the GOTBA uh, and and the administration down here. And, he spoke to me at length, and he was pushing and pushing for uh, prize money to go to the, the lower grades, uh, and that's the type of person he was. He was sort of he, he was wanted everyone looked after, not just uh, uh, the top end. Robert, it's, uh, it's a very sad day, and uh, he will certainly be be missed and leave a, an incredible and indelible hole in the uh, in the greyhound industry in Australia. I appreciate you uh, at this sad time making the uh, making the time and making the effort to come on and have a chat about uh, a wonderful friend. Yeah, no worries. All right, thanks, Mick. Bye.
There was Robbie Britton, uh, you know, trainer of Fanta Bale, who who still to this day is the the greatest prize money earner in Australian greyhound racing, uh, and obviously a, a close friend. They they got involved in a lot of breeding with with Paul Wheeler on this uh, this as I said this very sad day that uh, we have lost an icon of the sport, Dave. Yeah, wonderful show, mate. Uh, and when I say wonderful, it uh, the some of the chats in that that chat you had with Mark Duclos about Paul. Uh, I think just for our non-Greyhound uh, racing fans and, and listeners, uh, the enormity of, of losing someone like Paul and our thoughts from Sky Sports Radio uh, with everyone, of course, uh, with the Wheeler family and in the, um, the Greyhound industry. Thanks uh, for that show today, Mick. Mate, absolutely. And just a, a quick reminder, let's not forget we've got a, a couple of group ones at Wentworth Park this Saturday night. It will be a big night if you're double-backed, you're able to go along as a as a patron. And also on Sunday too, we've got the heats of the Goldman Cup. There's some fantastic racing around New South Wales this weekend and we should get a part of it. Beautiful, mate. Uh, fantastic. Thanks, Mick Cowley from Greyhound Racing New South Wales. Thanks, mate.